0: I want you to join me, Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Somebody shout, stand. He said, I want you to put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Do I have anybody in here that's willing to stand tonight? The wiles of the devil are the schemes of the devil. The schemes that he's trying to come up with. He said put on the armor of God that you can stand against the devil's schemes. I believe somebody in here is going to stand tonight. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And here it comes again. And having done all to stand, he admonishes us, stand therefore, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench That's a big word right there. Are you sure, Pastor? All the fiery darts of the wicked. What's that mean? No weapon. All the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador. And I like these two words right here. It's important because it tells you where he's writing from. I'm an ambassador in bonds. But I want to be as bold in prison as I was in the street. He said, I'm, I'm in bonds right now, and I still want God to give me boldness. I'm not going to let what's got me locked up cower me down. I want to be bold. I want to be strong. Praise God. I don't have a big title for you tonight, but I've come to preach to this church. It's time to stand. It's time to stand. Amen. Praise God. I want you to help me pray right now that the Spirit of the Lord would give us full liberty in this place. God, we praise you and we thank you tonight. You are altogether lovely. You are altogether worthy. You are so beautiful, Lord, and we praise your name tonight according to your excellent greatness, and we praise you according to your mighty acts. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that some soul would be set free. I pray that devil's Lord would leave this house tonight. I pray that sickness would leave this house tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus and bind up every spirit of false doctrine and lying devils. And I pray that there would be full liberty in the Holy Ghost tonight. I pray, Lord, that the ministry of reconciliation would work in the body tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, I wish somebody would give the Lord an apostolic praise. Come on, give him a great praise. He's worthy. Woo! He's worthy in spite of how I feel. He's worthy no matter what I'm going through. Praise the name of Jesus. You may be seated in Jesus' name. How many of you believe it's time to stand tonight? God knows where you are. He knows where you are. I wish so desperately that people could understand what I'm saying tonight. Even in the echo that will be heard down the road, even the ones that are watching online tonight, God knows where you are. We say that, and it just kind of rolls off our back like water on a duck's back. God knows where you are. I, I, I can't imagine God being so powerful. I can't wrap my mind around God being so powerful that he knows every man, every woman, every child in this room. If he knows the hair that's on your head, even the ones that are missing... Come on now. He knows where you are. He knows the way that you take. It was the psalmist that said, if I ascend into the highest of heights, you are with me. If I make my bed in the lowest of hell, you are with me. I know that sounds brass for some people, but there's some folks in here that know what it feels like to live in hell. Come on. I'm not talking about Gehenna. I'm not talking about the lake of fire. But some of you have been through some hell in your life. But David said, even when I walk through the lowest of hell, you are right there and you are with me. It was the same psalmist that said in 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thou art with me. It's hard to imagine God being with us in some of the places that we've been. But I'm telling you, He knows right where you are tonight. I listened to a story today. Uh, I was checking in on some of my friends' services after church today, sitting in my office, kind of trying to wind down a little bit. and uh, Brother Robinette was preaching at Brother Chaptalane's church in in, uh, Kalamazoo. This morning, and I heard just a quick clip. I kind of don't tell anybody, but I kind of just scrubbed through, you know. And Brother Robinette was telling this story that he had gone with a group into Boston. He was there to record some uh, Bible study for a denominational group. And they had read his book, Radically Apostolic. And they were hungry for what he said uh, in that book. And so he, he came in. Well, they were on their way to the studio. And on their way to the studio, he said... He wanted a cup of coffee, and so they pulled into this gas station that had one of those fake Dunkin' Donuts. You know what I'm talking about? It's like it's not the real one. You go in there, they got like three kinds of donuts, and they're very limited on their menu. It's like a fake Dunkin'. And so Brother Robinette said he's in Boston, and he walks into this little Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know what the drink was called. Maybe Caramel Craze or something like that that he likes to order, and He walked in, he said, I I, I want a caramel craze. And and the little girl said, I'm sorry, we're like just the kind of the mobile thing. We don't have all the stuff. She said, but I can make you a caramel drink. He said, sure, go ahead and make it. And he said, that little girl made that caramel coffee so fast. He said, man, it was the fastest you ever seen anybody make coffee. She slung it together, she set it down on the counter in front of me and took a step back. He said, before I thought about it. I picked up that coffee and said, girl, you made that coffee as fast as it takes somebody to speak with other tongues and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Robinette said she stepped back and looked at him and she started trembling. He said, I got you, didn't I? He said, the Lord sent me to this fake Dunkin' Donuts because you're a backslidden, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled girl. You've been... She said, yes, sir. He said, well, God sent me to this fake coffee shop to tell you it is not too late for you to pray back through. He said that Baptist preacher that he was with, the producer kind of put his hand on his shoulder and started shaking him. He said, uh, uh. Uh, uh, he said, uh, Br- Brother Robinette, we need to leave immediately. They're waiting on us. We, we need to leave immediately. And he left and he went on to the studio and they talked about radically apostolic and some things started happening uh, in the session. The Holy Ghost started taking over. And he said, when he got to the end of the session, it was supposed to be over. He said, there were people that you could tell they were very moved. And the producer came in and said, Brother Robinette, If we were to take all of our programming for the rest of the day and bump it one hour, would you be willing to take the next hour while we're at break right now, would you be willing to take the next hour and preach on the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name? He said, let's do it. Let's do it. And they looked at, he said, right then, I'm just standing there. They looked at me and said, three, two, one. And he said, man, I just started preaching about the infilling of the Holy Ghost and baptism in Jesus' name. And he said, I looked up and the people in the room supposed to be working, running cameras, whatever. He said they were falling out of their seats, weeping and crying. And God began to fill them with the gift of the Holy Hey, he knows where you are. He knows where you are. The apostle said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Do you know how different that day would have been for that little girl? She would have made just one coffee and that preacher would have turned around and walked out and didn't say what he felt the unction to say. When we get strong in the Lord and the power of his might, there's no telling what God's going to do. I think that may be the problem for some of us is we stand in our own strength, but the Lord is trying to tell us tonight be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the power of His might. Somebody shout, be strong. You got to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And He said, but you you can't just be strong in the Lord and the power of His might because when, when you're strong, and, and you're mighty. There's a target that comes on you. Right. Folks, this is probably not going to encourage you, but I hope you can find encouragement in it. The fastest way to get rid of devils chasing after you is not to get in a powerful church. Because when you come to a powerful church, the devil's going to start chasing after you. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that's probably going to start going wrong. Now, some of it's just life and some of it's the devil. But if you're trying to escape trouble You're not going to escape trouble Just because you start serving the Lord As a matter of fact If you're going to be strong in the Lord And the power of His might There's going to be a target that comes on you And everything the enemy can do To throw you a curveball and make you quit He's going to do it I promise you that I guarantee you when you try to do the will of God The enemy will do everything he can To bring confusion He'll do everything he can to make you frustrated But that's why the apostle said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God that when the devil starts running his little old schemes that he's got, you've got the power to stand against the wiles of the devil. I want to give you a revelation tonight that you may not have known, but can can I do that? Can I give you something deep in here tonight? The devil hates your guts. I said the devil hates your guts. He can't stand you. He don't, he don't know what to do with people like you. He don't know what to do with people that's had every opportunity to give up. And throw in the towel. And quit praising and quit worshiping. Quit coming to the house of God. You've had sickness hit your body. You've had sickness hit your family. You've had divorce. You've been broken. You've had struggle. You've had trial. But when Sunday rolls around, you get back up on your feet. And you make your way to the house the devil don't know what to do with you when he does everything he can to put you on your back but you get up on your feet in the morning and you say this is the day that the Lord hath made I will rejoice and be glad in it Devil, you tried to knock me down. You tried to take me out. But if you'd have had the power to kill me, I'd have been dead a long time ago. You need to know as long as there's breath in my body, I'm going to give God the best praise that I can give him. Hallelujah. I believe somebody's going to stand against his foolish schemes. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Some guys have been really hung up on this falling away deal lately. I mean, it's Bible. It's there. And we're, we are seeing a great falling away. I mean, you really do see it. People that you thought would stand forever. They're not standing. But, I mean, there is a falling away. But I think that's what the devil wants us to focus on. The devil wants us to keep score by the falling away. But I'm not keeping score by what's falling away. I've already read the end of this story, and the Bible said when John when John saw the number, he said it was a number that I could not even number. Well, well but pastor, people they're they're falling away. I understand that, but there's people holding on too. No, the devil don't want you to believe this, but there's still people that love God. There's still people that want to be in the house of God. I, I choose, I choose to look at what remains. I choose to look at what's coming in. I said I choose to look at what's coming in. Do you understand that oneness Pentecostalism is one of the fastest growing movements in the entire world right now? That there are more people being baptized in Jesus' name than has ever been at any point in history and we want to stop preaching and we want to back. No, I don't believe that. I believe there's a boldness coming on us. I believe there's a boldness coming on the church. I believe that this gospel will be heard in every nation. I don't want to get too deep into this because I don't want to get distracted, but everybody's like, well, Pastor, what about the falling away? Well, there's only two things that it could be, okay? There's only two things it could be. John said in his general epistle, he said, they were those that went out from us, but they were not of us. Right. It was kind of interesting how he said it. He said they, they, were never, they were never of us because if they would have been of us, they would have never went out. Now, Oh, boy that means they never had it in their heart it was skin deep they they never really loved it there's a lot of people that love the idea they love the idea but they don't don't love it they they don't really love God they're not really sold out and John said there's nothing you can do about it because they were never with us that's why they left and then you go on to Jude and Jude said you gotta watch out for the ones that creep in. Because John said the ones that left are opposers of the gospel. Jude said the ones that creep in are opposers, they're, or they're, they're corruptors. John said they're opposers, and the ones that sneak in, Jude said they're corruptors of the gospel. You gotta be careful of people that are sneaking in and corrupting. But I've heard people talk about we gotta be careful of the kind of harvest that we have, because what if? False doctrine infiltrates us. It's pretty hard for false doctrine to infiltrate you if you preach doctrine. But if you want to preach how to make good banana nut bread and how to be healthy and how to have a good, that's probably the kind of results you're going to get. I'm going to leave the good health stuff to YouTube and let somebody figure it out. I'm going to leave the feel-good stuff to somebody else. And I'm going to tell people, if you want to be born again, if you want to see heaven, you got to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Oh, no, Pastor, what What if somebody creeps in? Oh, no, what if somebody comes in? Listen, we're already standing for the truth. We're, we're standing for the truth. I'm not going to let false doctrine creep in. I've already. I'm aware. I'm aware. I am wise of the devil's devices. I'm going to stand against his schemes. But i got to put on the whole armor of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, if we were to break this down tonight, I'll I'll go as quickly as I can through this. and, And I want to make something crystal clear to you that our enemy is not another church that preaches another doctrine. Our enemy is not our brothers. Our, our, our enemy is not our sisters. We only have one enemy. As a matter of fact, the King James calls him our adversary. He is roaming to and fro, and he's seeking whom he may devour. But I don't have time to fight my brother. I don't don't have time to fight fellow man. This is spiritual wickedness in high places. But the enemy gets us distracted in low places. Now I'm going to explain this as fast as I can. And if you get confused, I'll get somebody smarter than me to help you through this. But I believe that in the most basic terms that I can give you, in the most basic, it's deeper than this, but I'm going to give you the most basic terms that I can. I believe there are three heavens, three dimensions. Now, I believe the first dimension, the first heaven is where we live. It's where we're at right now. This is where real life takes place. This is the first dimension. Everybody say the first dimension. I believe the second dimension is where spiritual warfare happens. I believe that is where spiritual wickedness and high places are. The scripture said that Satan is the prince and the power of the air. The prince and the power of the air. But the third dimension is what you and I would call heaven. Uh, Again, this is just, I'm I'm trying to keep you in the shallow end without putting floaties on you tonight. We're going to just stay as basic as I can. But the third dimension is where heaven is, where we think that God reigns, where he's seated, that he is, the heavens are his throne. That's third dimension. We see this in Daniel as he's wrestling in, in prayer and fasting for 21 days. And the Bible shows us that an angel from the third dimension is responding to Daniel's prayer in the first dimension. Are you following me? you with me? So an angel from heaven is sent by God to the first dimension where a sold out man who's standing against the wiles of the devil is on his face by the river praying and fasting. And the Bible said that when the angel left the third dimension trying to get to the first dimension that he was withheld in the second dimension you still follow me by the principality of Persia. You with me? This is modern day Iran. So over the, the second dimension of Iran There was a strong angel. This is not not just one of the fallen angels, okay? This is not just an angel that fell in the earth. No, no, this is, if we were to to, to, uh, explain this like an army, this is a four-star general demonic angel. It is a principality. He He doesn't bother people. He rules in regions. I hope I'm not losing you. So, this principality, he is the prince of Persia, and he is withholding an angel that heard the word of prayer coming from the river, and the Lord said, Go respond. But in that travel from the third, from the heavens into the first dimension, the angel is withheld by the prince of Persia for 21 days. 21 days. And finally, the Lord, I don't think God really gets frustrated, but in in this country boy's mind, God just kind of sneers and gets frustrated and he gets Michael and he says, Look, I sent a messenger down 21 days ago to go talk to Daniel. And that stinking, rotten, putrid prince of Persia Has been holding him up for 21 days. Would you go handle the light work. So that the angel can get down there to Daniel. And to tell him I heard your prayer when you started 21 days ago. And the Bible said that Michael comes down. Grabs hold of the prince of Persia. And the second dimension opens up. Michael holds him back. And looks at who I probably believe is Gabriel and says, Get down there and take care of that poor man. And Michael goes to putting a whooping on the principality of Iran. This is literal. It happened. Like this is literally how it happens: is that the enemy tries to get us defeated in warfare above our head, which gets us discouraged. Man, I'm already preaching. The powers above our head are doing everything they can to distract us in this first dimension. Because we wrestle not against first dimension. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Now I wrestle mine. I fight my flesh. But my spiritual battle is not between me and you. So, if there's fighting between me and you, that means something higher than us got involved, and we're just not bright enough to see it. Woo! Distraction, disruption, destruction. This happens when we're praying and we're fighting. And we're fasting and we're believing and we're about to have a breakthrough and then we get discouraged because the principality says, I'm going to hold on to this answer. And we get frustrated in the searching and we get frustrated in the praying, but not old Daniel. Old Daniel kept his face down and he said, I don't, he didn't start off. To fast for 21 days. He started off to seek after God. And it took 21 days for a breakthrough. Aren't you glad that Daniel didn't stop on the 20th day? I wonder how many times. I'm going to pick on me. I wonder how many times I've quit just before God sends a strong angel and said, Go shut him up and send somebody down there to that boy and help him. Come on. Anybody in here ever felt like God called you on a fast and you came off a few days early and you just felt like, ugh, I missed it. I'm going to tell you, that's a bad feeling. You ain't never felt so bad for eating a good bite of food in your life than when you know you disobeyed God. And sure as a world, when I come off something like that, I'll go to a meeting and somebody will say, some kind of testimony. If God called me to a 10 day fast. I'll go. The next meeting I go to. Somebody will get up and preach. And say, I was on a 10 day fast last month. I'm like you sorry piece of trash. Just let God down. But listen. Discouragement comes. Discouragement comes to us. In our greatest moments of breakthrough. Daniel was about to break through. In a region. That was not his home. He was in Babylon in captivity and God was about to send a breakthrough not to Jerusalem but to Babylon. Daniel was about to have a breakthrough in a place that he didn't even belong. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up. Somewhere beyond the blue. Can I tell you tonight, I'm serving notice on the devil. I'm about to have a breakthrough in a place that I don't even belong. Some of us get comfortable here. We get comfortable here. And we stop praying for the breakthrough because we actually get a little comfortable and we like it, you know. If you ever, ever start, if you ever start eating the king's meat and drinking the king's wine, you'll get happy in Babylon. But Daniel got down on his face and he said, I'm going to push myself away from all of it. And I'm going to seek God for 21 days. I cannot imagine. I wasn't there, thank God. But I cannot imagine what Daniel felt like when all of a sudden he heard this sound go. He's down there in a prayer meeting in the cold wet sandy mud and he looks up and the Bible said that angel was so powerful that he fell on his face as dead I'm going to say 99.999% of the people in this room would have done the same thing I've been praying some of it was because the angel freaked him out the other part is God finally did it but he's praying and he looks up and he sees the angel and fell on his face as dead Scripture said the angel of the Lord began to speak to him. Don't, don't be afraid. I'm here because you're winning the battle in the second dimension. I'm here because you're winning the battle in the unseen world. Oh, if I could get this in your heart tonight. The only way for a breakthrough in the invisible is to be steadfast and unmovable in the visible you got to be steadfast and unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. We don't pray every day so God will pat us on the back. We pray because we're tearing down principalities. We seek God every week. Be- oh, my, my. Now, I, I, I want to hurry and get where I'm going tonight. He said, but I want you to take on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. This This is a powerful admonishment. He said, stand therefore. He did not say stand because the evil has gone away. He said, stand because the evil is present. It's in the evil day. I believe we're in an evil day I believe we're in a time that Paul told Timothy was coming Perilous times Anybody believe that? If you don't believe it You better go read that letter one more time Lovers of them own selves Lovers of pleasure More than lovers of God Come on This is a tough place It's perilous times But we don't let perilous times Make us suck it up and quit We stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, we stand therefore. Now, I'm I'm, going to get through this as quick as I can tonight. But he said, I want you to stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. I'm going to be quick tonight, so just stay with me. Don't let me run off and leave you. But he said, I want you to stand in truth. And truth... Is around your loins. The loins is where you reproduce, if I could just say that. The loins is what we're reproducing. And he said, In an evil day, the first thing you've got to do is reproduce truth. Do not be seduced by anything that is false. Oh God. Seducing spirits come to the loins of the church desiring a breakthrough in what we're reproducing Mm. I'm going to preach this if it makes every devil in this city mad tonight the devil wants us to believe can I just say it like this that there's an easier way to have children but if you're going to have revival you're going to have children in truth You're not going to vacillate on doctrine. You're not going to be ashamed of worship. You're not going to back up on this doctrine just so you can have children. He said, I want you to stand up and be sure that your loins are girded about with truth. If you're reproducing, reproducing truth. Can I tell you tonight, folks? I don't care what the rest of the world says. I'm going to stand on the word of God. There's still only one way. And Jesus said, if you come in any other way, you are a thief and a robber. I feel like preaching to you tonight. I still believe you must repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about standing in truth. It's amazing to me that the first place he said to be strong and stand. Is what you're producing with truth. There is a message that's ringing and echoing out. Through the land that's telling the church of the living God. There's an easier way to do this. There, there, there's an easier way to have a breakthrough. But I'm going to tell you something that I've stood on and preached. If you've been part of this church for years. You know that I'm telling the truth. I've preached this for years and years and years. God is not going to wait until the last day church to give a new revelation. I'm telling you, there is, just go ahead and put it out of your mind. There's no new revelation coming. There's not going to be another way to Jesus, but there will be false Christ. Well, if it was of God, then miracles wouldn't be happening. You better pick the Bible up. Because he said there's going to be false Christ that arise and deceive many. And he said they're going to be deceived by lying signs and wonders. This is big. i got to be careful. I can't stay here long. But I want to tell you what I believe. And I mean this sincerely. I believe this with all my heart. I believe that the enemy comes against some people with a spirit of infirmity. And those people are healed in some instances not because God healed them, but because the enemy lifts the spirit of infirmity off them to cause them to believe the lie that's being promoted by the faith healers. I'm not saying this 100% of the time. Are you following with me? I'm talking about lying signs and wonders. It was not a sickness that God had to heal. It was a spirit of infirmity that rested on somebody. Well, pastor, they wouldn't have results if it wasn't of God. Can somebody tell me that when when God told Moses to speak to the rock so that water would flow out and he smites the rock, he still got results? You can't just judge a man because of results, you got to judge by fruit. If the lying signs and wonders weren't powerful, nobody would believe it. But I'm saying to you that not everything that claims to be apostolic is apostolic. Not everything that claims to walk in dominion is truly walking in dominion. I'm telling you, the devil has his own little three-ring circus. He'll make stuff up and put it on people and take it off people so that people will believe that false doctrine and false prophets are getting the job done. How would you know that cuz I've seen it happen? I've seen people come preaching in another preaching another Christ. I, I man, I'm going to have to get somebody maybe my mother, or somebody come up here and bail me out in a minute. Listen, listen. I'm just going to say this tonight openly and publicly. Cuz there's some there's some junk going around right now in this region, this area. People are preaching false doctrine. We got we got people out here preaching Preterism. That there is no coming of the Lord. We got people, we got literally, we got preterists preaching right now. Basically the doctrine, I don't have time to go into basically everything that was going to happen already happened by 70 AD. When Jerusalem was destroyed, that there is no rapture coming. And, and I'm going to sound like I'm being ugly for just a minute, but I'm really not. My deal is, if, if there is no coming of the Lord, then why are we acting like dummies and keeping our church open? You understand what I'm saying? Like, if there's no hope at the end of this life, that's why Paul said, if I had hope in this life only, I'd be of all men most miserable. I'm going to make a public statement in this church tonight, and I want it to echo through your hearts. Jesus is coming. There will be a catching away of the church, and you better be ready when he comes. You better have your loins girded about with truth. There really is a rapture. There really is a heaven to gain and there really is a hell to lose. Well, it's worth preaching. Anybody thankful the Lord's coming back? Why do people get in false doctrines like that, Pastor? You know, I've told you all along that every false doctrine has a motive. I'm going to tell you all something. If the, if the devil can ever take away our hope for the rapture, he's already got the apostolic church defeated. I'm talking about after 70 AD, there was a promise that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with a voice of the archangel you don't have to believe it if you don't want to but i'm going to preach it in this church that the dead in christ are going to rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them i believe jesus is coming I've never seen in my life so many people trying to sound smart. I'm being honest. I, 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 I told someone this week. I said, it's amazing how many people. make the, I, This is a little nicer than I said it, but I'm going to tell you what I said. I said it's amazing me how many people make themselves look silly so they can look smart. I'm, t- I'm going to take God at his word. Matthew, it's good to see you, man i'm gonna take god at his word and his word said he's coming back and his word said to get ready why pastor because i've got my loins girt about with truth we're gonna win the world by telling them you got to get rapture ready you got to get your heart ready for the coming of the lord he's coming back and he's coming back for a bride that's made herself ready ready Man. Woo! You believe it, Sister Darla? I think you do. If we're going to reproduce, we're going to have to do it with truth. I said we're going to have to do it with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm not going to break all these down that long. I got to hurry. Breastplate of righteousness kind of speaks for itself. The breastplate covers my heart. I got to be sure that my heart is right. That my heart is right. If I've been distracted in the first dimension by distractions that came from the second dimension. i got to get my heart right. Because what's in my heart affects what comes out my mouth. The word of God said it's out of the abundance of the heart. Do you know how you can speak lying doctrines? Because lying doctrines are in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart. You know how you can speak compromise with your mouth? Because compromise is in your heart. And if somebody's already talking about compromise, that means they lost the battle in their heart a long time ago. you got to get compromise out of your heart or it's going to start coming out of your mouth. Man, I wish I had time to preach that. I'd stay. I'm, I'm, I'm already making you all late to the party. What am I saying? This is the party. I said this is the party. There ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. There ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Woo! Now I'm going to preach a little bit on this. And I'm, I'm going to quit. I, I'm going to hurry. He said, you got to have on the breastplate of righteousness. If we could dive into the depths of righteousness, it's more than just saying you're doing right. You, you, got, you got to do it. He said... And have your feet shod. I, I want to hit this just a little bit. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, shoes are important. They're real important. They're important at an athletic contest. If you're going to wear shoes, you wear the kind of shoes for what you're going to do. I've made the mistake of trying to wear slick shoes to play golf, and it's not good. But have you ever tried to walk in cleats on asphalt? Anybody anybody want to raise your hand and say you tried it? I walked in my little old cleats across the asphalt and found out cleats don't work on hard surface. Got to have on the right kind of shoes. This floor here reminds me of old camp meeting days. You got to be careful in the corners. Come on, somebody. We ain't going to quit running. You just got to be careful in the corners. <laughs> oh, I've seen it. Ain't God good. <laughs> shoes are important. I know you may not believe this, but if you're a lover of history like I am, you, you'll read some things that are silly like this. And it's the truth. You know, some, some armies in history were defeated not because they weren't mighty enough, but because they didn't have shoes. They went against armies that didn't have the power they had but the men, their shoes wore out and their feet couldn't take the pressure of the battle. And so somebody that came in that didn't have nearly as many victories as they did but their shoes weren't wore out and they just came out of about you know the devil knows when you've been fighting. And he'll send things along that aren't stronger than you but they got more traction than you got. He said, I want you to have your feet shod. I want you to have your feet shod. You know, even in America, in the Revolutionary War, one of the greatest problems in the Revolutionary War when the Americans were trying to fight against the British was that they were fighting barefoot because the soles of their shoes had wore out. You know, shoes were so important to God that He took care of His people in the wilderness for 40 years. And the Bible said that the soles of their shoes never wore out. God took care of them. He said shoes are important. As a matter of fact, he showed us with Moses going into the wilderness before he takes the people that shoes were important. He said in the holy moment, I want you to take your shoes off because it separates you from holy ground. Are you with me? Shoes matter. It matters what's on your feet. And it matters if they're on your feet that they look right and they're shined. That's good preaching, ain't it? I think every preacher ought to know how to shine his shoes and iron his clothes. Am I right, Brother Grisham? We don't need no wrinkled-up preachers with dull-looking shoes. I want them to look good, brother. I want them to stand up there and look like I put myself together. It matters what kind of shoes you got. Put them on. Look, look nice. In Roman times, there were historical accounts of long marches in Roman army, amazingly, They would have long marches over terrible terrain, wearing out the leather in their shoes. Historians tell us that took the toll in thousands and thousands of lives in battle simply because they did not have the proper shoes. Shoes are vital. And so the Romans who were, as far as I'm concerned, and I can tell historically, they were, are still to this day, The longest standing global power ever. And so the Romans became powerful. One of the most powerful things that they did was they started reinforcing the leather in the shoes that their soldiers would wear. As a matter of fact, some historians, and I don't want to bore you here, but some historians believe that this is when they started wearing boots, where we get the idea of combat boots, that these Romans started putting leather on tops of their feet and coming up their legs. That would protect them and very, very thick, thick, tough leather on the soles of their shoes. But there was something that the Romans did. And understand the apostle is writing this uh, during the Roman Empire when he said, he said, I want you to prepare your feet. I want your feet to be prepared with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, this is crazy. But these Romans, if you search it out, this is where the idea of cleats came from. These Roman soldiers started taking the inside of their sole, of their boot or their shoe, the thick sandal that they had, and they would drive these spikes through the top part of their sole where they'd stick out the bottom. And they did this because of the terrain that they had to go across. They were smarter than the NFL and the Major League Baseball and all these. The Romans did it first. And they started putting these little cleat nails through the soles of their shoes. So that whenever their enemy would come to them to grapple. Now listen, it wasn't about running fast. But don't you forget this same apostle said, the race is not. It's not to the swift. But it's to the one. My God, I felt the Holy Ghost on that. That endures. And these Romans, they would prepare their feet. Preparation in their feet that whenever an enemy would push against them, that they had something in the soles of their feet that would cause them to be able to stand their ground. There's something about my feet that keep me from backing up when I get pushed. (laughs) History records... That these soldiers would have hobnails and studs through the bottom of their feet. And when they would start to climb a hill, they thought they were at a disadvantage on the top. When they were looking down, they said, we're in a place they can never get to us. But the enemy started climbing the hill. And the studs in their shoes would hold their ground. And no matter what the enemy threw at them, they couldn't get them to back up. And they couldn't get them to quit and their foot slipped i want to tell you when it feels like your foot's gonna slip just stand up stand up i've come to preach to somebody tonight that the devil's been pushing on you stand up stand up you're sick of getting pushed around by false doctrine stand up Come on, you're sick of the devil lying to you and pushing you around. Stand up and put something in your feet. That when he pushes, you're not going anywhere. You're going to stand up. I, man, I got to hurry. He said, "I want your feet shod with the preparation, the preparation of the gospel of peace. The preparation is be sure that your feet are prepared." How do you do that? This is, th- there's only one gospel. There's not the gospel of Jesus and the gospel of peace. It's the same gospel. But the reason it's translated like this, it means I want your feet prepared to say that you are at peace with the gospel. I want your feet prepared in such a way that you are at peace with what you believe. So much so at peace that when the enemy comes in and he tries to disrupt the truth that's in your life... That you stand on the gospel and say, I don't need a new message. I'm at peace with the gospel. In other words, your feet are solid because you're not looking for another truth. You've already protected your loins. And you're going to stand your ground. I want to preach to you young people tonight. And I want to preach to the saints of this church. I want to preach to everybody that can hear me tonight. It's time to take a stand. It's time to stand up in the face of the enemy and stand. Most commentators say, they get the idea from Romans 10 and 15 that this is about movement, traction with movement. Taking a stand, Romans said that beautiful are the feet that bring good news. But I want you to notice, in this particular context, Paul's not saying anything about going. He's not saying anything about running. He's not saying anything about pursuing. He's talking about standing. He didn't say, when you've done all to stand, take off running. He said, when you've done all to stand, stand and get your feet prepared that I'm going to stand right here. Well, pastor, I, you know, when it, I, when, I, when it gets to, I will stand. You know, I mean, if the abomination of desolation comes and the man of sin is revealed, I'm going to stand then. No, you won't. I'm almost done. You'll be glad to know that. But I'm just going to, you're not, you won't. Well, I won't take the mark of the beast. Yeah, you will. Absolutely, you will. If you hadn't made up your mind right now, it ain't going to matter when he comes. Well, but I I really think, you know, there's some signs that I'm looking for that when that happens on the prophetic timeline, I'm going to know. Listen, I'm going to make a statement tonight that's going to hurt a lot of feelings. There ain't nobody that's got it figured out. (laughs) I'm willing to take the hit for that. Well, I think it's pre-trip. I think it's post-trip. I think it's mid-trip. We all got opinions, but ain't nobody got it figured out. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my shoes on and I'm going to say, if it comes tonight, I'm going to be ready. I'm at peace with the gospel. If it comes tomorrow, I'm going to be ready because my loins are girt about with truth. Stand, stand, stand. I uh, got to quit. The issue is not about running the gospel. We got to take the gospel. But you got to be at peace with the gospel. And stand. Somebody shout that with me tonight. Stand. 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 The enemy came and tried to push me down. But I stood. Oh God. I wish that before the music even started playing tonight that somebody would make up in your mind tonight before the first note is played. I refuse to get knocked down. I'm going to stand tonight. I'm going to stand for truth. I'm going to stand for doctrine. I'm going to stand for demonstration. I'm going to stand for the gospel. I'm going to stand for my family. Come on, somebody. I'm going to stand... Stand. After you've done all you can, you stand. I want the St. Clair girls to know tonight that there is no greater joy I have in my life than to know that you love truth, that you walk in truth. But I promise you, girls, that because your daddy and your mother and your grandmother and your family loves truth so much, that there will be opportunities for you to quit. I promise you that. There may be boys that come along. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but you're the you're the greatest thing outside the Holy Ghost God's ever given me and your mother. And I'm gonna tell you if you've ever made up your mind to stand, I want you to stand for truth. Oh God, I want you to love truth, Solomon. Well I can't tell you what it does to me to see that little girl up here worshiping God. Buddy, stand. You've done all you can. You stand. And when you get tired of standing, you just you keep on standing. I said you keep on standing. Oh God. You keep on, I don't care what's pushing against us. I don't care what new doctrines are coming along. I don't care what new church grows coming. We're gonna stand. Shatana bo kahataya shakata. I'm through preaching, but I got to get this thing to lift off me tonight. I feel it in this house. Woo! Stand. God, put something in this church. Put something in our school. Put something in our kids, God. (laughs) Stand. Stand. I want every young man in this room and I don't call people but I want every young man under the age of 30 years old that feels like you have a call on your life to preach this gospel someday I want you to come stand with me up here this doesn't mean that I'm going to hold you to it or that you're going to have to You know, I'm not calling anybody to preach if you've got a call on your life I want you to come God's about to do something in this room I'm going to give you about five more seconds because some of you are wrestling with God right now I want to tell you guys there's a big, big difference in just saying that somebody's a preacher saying that somebody's an apostolic preacher because they walk in the authority of the apostles what the apostles preached and what the apostles did And when Rome came pushing on the apostles, they stood. The letter that we read tonight, Brother Nate, it was written from a prison because he stood. But he wrote from a prison cell that he got to by standing. That whatever you have to do, put the armor on and stand. I'm going to tell you guys something I'm not calling you to preach but if you ever feel that it's time for you to preach the first message and as far as I'm concerned every message that you ever preach ought to have Jesus name baptism the infilling of the Holy Ghost the oneness of God all over it I've had him push on me I've had him tell me there's a better way dude with your personality come on you can do this Man, you love people. You can, you, can, you can grow a huge shirt. Just don't preach it like that. Just Come on, let's do something bigger. But they don't know I prepared my feet. <laughs> with the preparation of the gospel of peace, I'm at peace with the gospel. Brother window? I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. I want you guys to just raise your hands right now. And I want you to ask God to give you the thickest skin that you ever imagined. I want you to ask God to give you the thickest skulls that you can imagine. I want God to make hard-headed men out of every one of you. That you're going to fall so in love with this truth. That the only thing you can talk about is the gospel that you're at peace with. In the name of Jesus. Come on. We're not ashamed, boys. That's it. Talking tongues. It's on you right now. In the name of Jesus. Man, I wish you could hear these guys up here right now. They're praying in tongues. You know why? Because that confuses the devil. The devil don't have a clue what they're saying right now. But they're praying in the Holy Ghost. And the devil's saying, man, I wish I could confuse them. But they're confusing me. They're putting the lords of truth on tonight. The helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. And they've got the sword in their hand. We're going to stand. If you're going to stand tonight, would you just give the Lord the big hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to greet one another in Jesus' name tonight. Shake hands and be friendly.